Hebrews 4 tells us that the word of God is alive and powerful. So that's what we're going to jump into today. Let's get it. Welcome to the Him Florida podcast, a podcast created to equip and empower Christ followers with this one truth. The Jesus who died to live in us also died so he could be shared by us. My name is Marcos and I am a Christ follower and I believe that you have influence given to you by God to change this world, to share both the love of Jesus Christ and the message of the cross. Today's episode is a read with me episode. You're going to be looking at John chapter four. So if you want to get your Bible uh, just to sit and follow along, uh, that'd be dope. If you don't have a Bible right now, you're um, driving or on the treadmill. That's cool. I'll try to read slow so that you can hear and understand what's going on. But today's read with me episode uh, comes out of comes from uh, me recording my other podcast with my wife and we got to talking about something that convicted me um, recently and it, it leads back to this passage in John chapter four. And, and there are some truths in John chapter four for anyone who calls themselves a Christ follower who want to use their influence to change the world for Jesus Christ by sharing the love of Jesus Christ and the message of the cross with everyone we meet. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. Uh, but first, before I read my Bible, I'd like to pray. So I want to pray right now. Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us, oh God, to jump into your word. We thank you for your word that is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, oh God. I ask that your word would uh, go into our hearts today, oh Father God, and convict us, oh God, and teach us and, and show us what's inside of our heart, Father God, that may need to change and be altered so we can live our lives fully for you. We love you. We magnify your holy name in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray. Amen and amen. So what exactly is read with me? Well, I did a read with me episode a few episodes ago where I just read the word of God and see what it's telling me. And I stop when something jumps out and I just share it uh, just to um, share what I see when I'm reading the word. So I want to jump into that right now. Here we go in John chapter four, uh, starting at verse one. Uh, the, the subtitle is Jesus talks to a woman at the well. And it begins like this. Verse one, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sichar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Verse 7. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. Um, pretty significant here, um, just for knowledge's sake, that this isn't the time in these days where people would come to the well to draw water uh, this woman came at a noon time which is probably the, the hottest time uh, back in those days and it wasn't the best time to come draw water but she came to draw water many believe because she was hiding from people because of uh, things we'll, we'll learn later on 
but she went because she was really hiding. She wanted to be away from um, some folks and she felt, figured this was the best time to go when no one would be there. We'll pick up in verse eight. He is Jesus. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Them going into the village is super important to buy food. Verse nine, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? It's important to note here that this woman who for me, spoiler alert, uh, she is the influencer in this story. In my opinion, it's interesting to me here that this woman really was talking to Jesus, asking Jesus, why are you talking to me? You, you shouldn't be talking to me because of who I am and who you are. There's no way that I deserve to be talking to you. And there are many reasons why she has this belief because she is a woman, he's a man, he's a Jew, she's a Samaritan. Uh, all, all different kind of things were happening in this scenario right here for her to believe that she didn't deserve to be talking to Jesus and she didn't deserve uh, to, to be spoken to by Jesus. She didn't deserve to be in communication with Jesus. She had already disqualified herself from communication with Jesus because of who she was. Verse 10, Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Jesus was telling her, it's not about who you are. It's not about even what you've done. And we'll get to that. But it's not about who you are. It's about who I am to you. And once you realize who I am to you, then you would speak to me um, knowing who I am and not be focused on who you are. Very important. Verse 11, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he had and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Not only was she focused on who she was, um, saying that she can't get anything from Jesus Christ. She was focused on the limitations of the things that she had in her possession, saying that Jesus didn't have a rope or a bucket. When it comes to us being influencers and using our influence for Jesus Christ, normally we, we worry about who we are and we forget about who God is, the God that's behind us. When we have the backing of heaven, we forget who God is. And after we worry about who we are, we then worry about our resources. And she said, she said to Jesus, you don't have a rope or a bucket. How are you going to do this? She was focusing on resources. And for the most part, we as human beings, we do that. We focus on resources or lack of resources. It's very important here that this woman wasn't talking to someone who had a resource. She was talking to the source. And we need to be mindful of when we're talking to Jesus, we aren't, we aren't talking to someone who has resources. We're talking to someone who is the source. Jesus replies in verse 13, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them 
eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Another thing I'm seeing right now is Jesus offered her water that would give her eternal life, and she was still worried about being thirsty. When it comes to what God wants to give us, he gives it to us for a specific reason. We shouldn't uh, um, look at those things and take them for the reasons that we want them. We need to accept the gifts God has given us to be used the way that he intended them to be used. Because Jesus told her, this word I'm going to give to you would, would be a fresh bubbling spring within you and you'd never thirst again and you have eternal life. And she was still, she wasn't worried about eternal life. She was worried about being thirsty again. She was overlooking what Jesus was offering her for the thing that she wanted. She almost missed the gift that God was going to give her for the thing that she wanted. So we get to verse 16 where it gets kind of good. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Verse 19, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors have worshipped? Another interesting uh, thing happening here is, Jesus, after he offers her the living water and she says she wants the water, not for the best reasons, but she says she wants that water. Jesus goes and then he begins to confront her about the things that are happening in her life. And when he confronts her about the things that's happening in her life, she doesn't even answer the question. She tries to change the topic so she doesn't have to confront the truth that is standing in front of her face. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman. The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when the true worshipers will worship him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Something else very interesting I see here in verse 23, it says that the Father is looking for those who worship him in that way. Saying the Father was looking for, Jesus said the Father is looking for those who will worship in spirit and in truth. And that um, little phrase, the Father is looking for, really catches my eye because it says that the it's telling me that the creator of the universe who has no need for anything, who is self-sufficient, is looking for those who worship in spirit and in truth. That's really awesome. Verse 25, the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Verse 27, just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar and well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, verse 29, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Verse 30, 
So people came streaming from the village to see him. It's very important in verse 28, it says that the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village. And we rewind back to the beginning of this passage where she risked a, a heat stroke to come and get this water that she had to have because she didn't want to be thirsty. And she had a bucket of water. And when Jesus confronted her about the things in her life, when Jesus spoke to her and spoke truth into her heart, and she accepted that truth in her heart, she left the very thing she went to get. Because sometimes we are looking for something. We don't realize we're looking for truth. Ecclesiastes says that, that um, uh, God puts eternity in the hearts of man, and we don't even know uh, what that is. And sometimes we're looking for things, and we don't realize we're really searching for truth. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Now, this section of scripture is really interesting because Jesus is having this interaction with the disciples. As verse 30 tells us that people are coming up, streaming in from the village to see what's going on because this woman has told them of what Jesus did in, their, in her life. So they're coming now to see who Jesus is. And people are coming up as Jesus is talking to the disciples. So have that kind of imagery in your head. Verse 33, did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. This is something that really uh, stood out to me because for years and years when I heard the scripture, I always heard that my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. I've always heard that part. And for some reason, I never heard the second part of that statement. Jesus said his mission and his food was two part, doing the will of God and finishing his work. And that finishing his work is pretty important because doing the will is, is, is proclaiming the gospel, sharing the good news. But finishing the work is really going that extra mile to do what God has called you to do. Here in the beginning of this passage, it said that Jesus was tired from the journey, but he knew that he had to be here to meet this lady. So he was finishing the work. Then Jesus goes on to say, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit of the harvest is people brought to eternal life. That's very important. I'll say it again. The fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. He goes on to say, what joy awaits both planter and harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants, another harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you did not plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. This shift Jesus makes in talking to the disciples never made sense to me until I understood the imagery of what was happening. As Jesus is talking to them, as they went to the village to get their Chick-fil-A and bring it back to Jesus, people are filing in because the lady had gone into the village to tell people about Jesus. Now, if you remember in the beginning of this passage, the disciples went into the village to get food. So the chances are the disciples passed all these people who are now coming because of what the lady told them. The disciples went to the village and was focused on getting their food and they were focused on accomplishing their own personal goals and they were ignoring what Jesus had been teaching them for so long. And then this woman who was changed by the power of truth 
went back to the village to talk to people. And what's important about the woman is that she went back to a village where she probably wasn't liked. You can kind of discern that because she went to the well at a time where she wouldn't be seen or wouldn't be spotted because she was probably known as a woman who has had five husbands. But because of the miraculous change that happened in her life, she took her truth and she went and she used her influence to tell people about Jesus. And I want to encourage you today that whatever truth that you know that Jesus has spoken over your life, you need to use that truth to share the love of Jesus Christ and the message of the cross with anyone who will listen to you. The disciples and this woman from the well went to the same village. One came back with food because that's what they were focused on. And one came back with souls. And that's why Jesus said, I sent you into the harvest where you did not plant. Others had already done the work. And now you will get to gather the harvest. Now Jesus was telling them, now you go and you begin to teach and to disciple these people who have come. But just know that um, this fruit you're picking up is here because of this lady. And verse 39 says, Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. What an what a awesome, awesome story. And the last thing I want to tell you is this. Here's my personal opinion. I believe that this woman had influence. She had God-given influence to change the world. And that God-given influence got perverted and changed for whatever reason that was on her heart. I believe she had influence. And for some reason, that influence uh, was perverted. That influence was was diminished, that influence was changed, that influence was challenged because she didn't believe who Jesus was. And I want to challenge you that whatever you're trying to avoid, you need to go to a place where Jesus is and have Jesus confront your heart, have Jesus uh, invade your heart and really work in you so he can, he can unlock whatever's inside of you to make you uh, the, the, the Christ follower that you were created to be so you can go out and change this world so i thank you for spending this time with me remember your voice matters your life matters um, and wherever you go keep influencing for him.